and welcome to the Our Lady of the Cry Room podcast. A podcast about farming, family, and faith. With my parents, Betsy and Matthew. Howdy, and welcome to Our Lady of the Cry Room podcast, episode five. Betsy, what's up? Mm-hmm. I just got home from Manhattan. That's fancy. Yeah. Man- Manhattan. The the little apple, obviously. Yeah, there's like there's another Manhattan. Right. It's the the important apple. Manhattan, Kansas. I mean, have you ever eaten like a really big apple? It's not tasty. I don't like apples. A little apple is much nicer. So what's up with you? Oh, I don't even know where to start. So that, so many things. That sounds good. No. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so start with. The animals on the farm. We have more animals on the farm. You want to start with that? Oh, plus we have weather to talk about because we're a week behind now. Yeah, there are so many things that have happened since the last time we recorded a podcast. Yeah, really exciting things. Like we got 16 inches of snow. Well, I'm a little hesitant to talk about everything that's happened on the farm because you are going to tell me that this just goes to show you that everything's going to work out and you shouldn't worry so much. And I don't think that I need that kind of negativity in my life right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's true. My worry is the only thing concrete that I can hold on to in agriculture right now. And I don't want you taking it away from me. The worry is the only concrete thing you have? Yeah, that's it. It's the only <laughs> thing I can count on. Well, you have a good, steady dose, a consistent supply of worry, drama, and negativity from, you know, from agriculture. You just have to look anywhere and you can find it. That's the truth. So I don't think you need to worry about running out of that. Okay. So what do you want to talk about first? Well, I think the amazing weather. Well, last time we recorded the podcast, it was... So I said we might, I might plant corn that week, which I've been saying for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Well, they did show up. The plot guys did show up and start planting their plot that Tuesday, which I don't, was that like the 25th? Oh, the calendar says May. I don't even know. (laughs) That's April. (laughs) I can't even read. I just assumed I had moved it to me. I don't know why I would have. Yeah, it was the 25th. So they started planting the plot on the 25th. And so the weather for that week, it was supposed to be sunny for two days and then rainy for the rest of the week. And so I was a little nervous about them planting that plot on Tuesday because I had said, you know, you want to no-till it. And they said, that'd be great. And so I'm like, all right. But I'm looking at the forecast and I'm like, I know, having no-tilled for a long time, that as soon as things get damp and the sun goes away, that you can't really plant anymore. You have to stop. And wait for the sun to come back out. And those plot guys, they don't have time for that. And so they planted on, started planting on Tuesday. And I think I was putting on fertilizer over on the soybean ground. And then it didn't rain that night. And I woke up expecting it to be raining, which is what they forecast. And it was just cloudy. And so I was working on, no, I I hadn't made it over to put that fertilizer on. I know that now that I'm thinking. I was working on getting the, the Coulter rig ready to do that. And they called me that, that Wednesday morning, and he's like, um, we're having a really hard time getting through this. Um, wondering if what you would think about maybe uh, tilling it lightly. And so 
I put away what I was working on because I was hooked to the tractor. Well, and the other tractor. Anyway, it's complicated. But so I unhooked the Coulter rig, hooked up the disc, and went and disced the rest of the, I don't know, 15, 20 acres that they needed to plant so that they could get through it. Oh, I didn't know you'd done that. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be like an interesting so plot within a shows plot. Shows you what you follow on that you don't really follow my Instagram account. Well, I'm a little hurt. You know, a lot of times the information that is hidden inside the Instagram post is much more than the words. And I'm the kind of person who likes to understand what's happening from the actual words. So you're saying that that post, when you said something about the sun. Yeah. What I was supposed to get from that is that you had disked part of the plot. It was a picture of my disc with them (laughs) planting a plot in the background. It was clear as clear as day. Yeah. No, I didn't get any of that from yeah. that. Sorry. Yeah. No. Obviously, it was my disc. I was disking. Right. And because also, because you're you're an avid Instagram follower of mine, you knew that the day before, yeah, that's what I did on Tuesday is I finished up doing the wheel tracks on that field over east. And I posted a picture saying that I was all done with spring tillage on Tuesday. And so then the fact on Wednesday that I had my disc out disking. This is why when you ask me what the caption should be and I say like what is happening in the picture and you think that's not a good caption at all. That's why I would like that kind of caption. I would like the whole big backstory. Yesterday I said that I was done with spring tillage, but look, now I have the disc out again. I like to approach my Instagram account as though all of my followers are like the super nerd Star Wars people that like know all the backstory and getting clues from the pictures and piecing it all together. So, <laughs> so <laughs> you just like assume you assume a cult following. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. I'm sorry that I am not a super fan. Yeah. Well, somewhere out there, I'm sure there's a super <laughs> fan that is following every Instagram <laughs> post and <gasps> Oh my goodness! <laughs> what has happened? Why is his disc out? Why is he disking? Oh no! Okay. I'll add that person to the cartoon farm in my head. <laughs> Good. So yeah, I dislike like 15, 20 acres. Okay. Which part of no-till, I don't know if you're aware of this, but one of the fundamental basic principles behind no-till farming is the lack of till. Uh. Maybe that's a, a central tenant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But, but yeah. so but now the plot has two plots within the plot. Yeah. So the plot well, thickens. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think it's too late at night. We should just go to bed. Oh, you don't have any idea how much the plot has thickened though. Wow has the plot thickened. So I dissed the thing. I go back, I hook back on the Coulter rig, and I go over east and I start putting on fertilizer. And I do that the whole rest of that day till like, I was, I was on the verge of like, I'm going to stay here and finish this field because they were forecasting rain in the morning. Mm-hmm. And so I, I really wanted to get this fertilizer on the ground so I could get that tractor moved over and hooked to the planter and da 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 But I didn't because I was tired. Right, and I feel like this is... The most valuable thing we have learned in the last three or four years is that now when you're really tired, you stop working. Yeah. I think we still have a lot of progress unless, to make. Unless but I, I, I got stuff to do. 
But for the most part, when you're really tired, you've been stopping working, which I think is saving us a lot of repairs and medical bills. Anyway, I stopped working because I'm lazy. <laughs> and I came home at like 1130 or something. And so and then like I'm going to wake up in the morning. It's going to be raining. I'm going to relax, work on my computer, get some things done in the office. And I wake up and the sun is shining. And this is Thursday. So I go over and I finish um, fertilizing. This is Thursday, right? Yes. Yeah. And then they uh, finish the plot up. I don't remember when they finished the plot. I'm, I'm so lost now. It's probably okay. Anyway, they finished the plot at some point and, you know... Boyd texted me actually and pointed out that they had parked the semi truck to load the planter on my field, which if you're a semi truck driver, here's just a tip. Don't ever drive on someone's field ever unless you have specific instructions to do so. Don't do it. Okay. That's because of compaction. Yeah. So, and I just, anyway, I had seen it and I just drove on because I had other stuff to worry about. So I got that, and then, oh, because they didn't put on very much starter fertilizer. So then I streamed on my starter blend on top of the rows that they had planted. Fancy. Yeah. I I got my my fancy stream bars, and I turned them sideways and just put on every 30 inches so that they go right over the top of the row. What a clever cookie. And mainly I thought, why didn't I think of this? Three years ago when I did that with these other nozzles and I had to go four miles an hour because I had too much pressure. That, that, I, that's impressive right there because you made a good adjustment and instead of feeling good about it, you went back three years and found a way to feel bad about it. I'm impressed. <laughs> it's years of practice. <laughs> I should write a book. How to feel bad about everything. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I'm really good at it. Okay, so I stream that on. And, well, and it's just fertilizer and, you know, you feel like, because the wind's blowing like 30 miles an hour and I'm out there in the sprayer. So I always want like, they need like a sprayer light that you can turn on that's like, I'm putting down fertilizer, everybody. Mm-hmm. But A little flag. Yeah. So, so I got that done. And then, was that Thursday? Yes. And then I was thinking about putting on some 32%, um, which is nitrogen, over the top so that it would get rained in. And I was also thinking about putting on pre-emerge herbicide, which I usually do when I plant. Well, then I talked to a couple different people and agronomists, and we decided we'd just wait and do it later because I was going to side dress anyway. And so when I side dress, I'll break up that pre-emerge herbicide. So it's like, eh, you might as well just wait till after you side dress to put it down. And I was thinking about putting this 32%, but then they had, so they've been forecasting rain this week for a long time, right? And so what kept happening is they kept just pushing back the timing of the rain, but they kept, every time they pushed it back, they also increased the rain amount. So by the time it was Thursday evening, they're forecasting like four inches of rain. And so I'm like, well, I'm not going to bother with 30% because it's just going to all wash right out of the root zone and it's just wasted money. And also the same with the pre-emerge herbicide. It's like, oh, well, that also not a good idea to put that on because you get four inches on top of it. It's gone. It does you no good. 
So I did all that and it was nasty out and I had blah, 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 blah. I did all that. And then um, Friday, boy, what did I do Friday morning? Something outside. It was really beautiful. Oh, yeah, it was gorgeous. I finally made it out and looked at all of my seed wheat in the ground because I hadn't done that because of this and that and the other. So I finally went over and went around and looked at all the seed wheat just to see. And it, it actually looked pretty good. The dry land wheat actually, for the very first time, looked good. Good enough to take a picture of. I remember that one. Right. For the first time, because it, it looked terrible because it was so dry last fall and it didn't come up till January, February. So finally it looked good and I was able to take a picture. And I got enough things done that I felt comfortable going to Kent's birthday party in Wichita. And so then I left about 1.30 and headed for Wichita, and I got a call. I talked to Ann at some point on the way to Wichita, and she's like, so, da-da-da, about the nine inches of snow, and I'll believe it. And I'm like, what? And I seriously thought about turning around and going home because the thing about it is just, I don't know, years of watching weather forecasts and how they evolve over time, it was like something is coming, and it's big, and it keeps getting bigger. And then the second they start saying it's going to be snow and you're like four inches of rain. How much snow is that? And you're like nine inches might be kind of low for how much moisture they're saying we're going to get. If it's, you know, if it's all snow, but I went ahead and went to Wichita Ken's birthday party. And then I drove home the next morning. I got up at like six in the morning and drove straight home so I could get home as early as possible. Just in case we lost power, which I sort of planned we would, but we didn't really. Well, we did when you, I don't think we had power when you got home, did we? Or did it, had it come back on? We lost know. power for a couple of hours. Not anyway, very long. So I come home in the rain and in the snow, it was snowing all the way from like Dodge city. And we had like three inches on the ground already by the time I got here. And then, um, and then we had a blizzard, the blizzard of all blizzards. Yeah. I mean, I think it was the first time since we've moved to the country as I'm always hoping for a blizzard and waiting for one and remembering the long winter when they would talk about how they couldn't see the barn and stuff. And I was very excited for it. This is the first time that I felt like I looked out the window and it looked like a blizzard. Yeah. So it was pretty fun. I mean, but we're in the house and it's warm and everything. Yeah. Because we never lost power. So it was like, is it, you know, we didn't get the full blizzard experience. Right. Because we didn't all have to huddle up you know, together and be cold. Right. So it's really oh, well, the perfect blizzard. If you want to look at it that way. And that was Saturday night. Uh-huh. Yeah, Saturday night. And then Sunday, it There's, was just full yeah. on blizzard. Right. And then I had to go pull somebody out of the ditch. And it was like whiteout conditions. And I'm coming back from that in the 8100. And it was crazy because on the way there... My windshield wipers were working, but I could not see hardly anything. But I had telephone poles, and that's how I was basing where I was driving. But on the way home, one thing, my windshield wipers quit, and I had to stop every eighth of a mile to just get out and manually move them across my window so I could see. But I could see the tracks on the way home that I had left when I was headed north. Uh And I went off the road three times on the way up there, and I only realized I was doing it once. Yeah. So kind of scary. Uh Uh-huh. And then I'm coming across and I see Tom and Tom coming over in his sprayer. And I'm thinking, okay, something's going on because Tom's driving his sprayer down the road in the middle of the blizzard. Well, and that's the thing is they just sold all of their tractors, Uh all their big tractors. So, and so then I call Tom and Boyd and what's going on. And 
there was just this crazy mass of cars on the highway all stuck in a foot of snow and there were two semi trucks face to face on the highway that like one had been so the southbound truck was an empty uh cattle truck and he ended up in the northbound lane and so then these trucks luckily were going slow enough that they were able to stop but the guy that was empty as soon as he stopped he can't move uh-huh. because there's so much snow and he lost all his momentum and he has no weight. And then the northbound guy was completely full and he can't go anywhere because he can't see good enough to know where to go. Uh-huh. And so they both sort of just got drifted in and then more cars behind them. And and anyway, but Boyd and Tom were, were taking people to the school because they were at the time forecasting the blizzard. It was just going to keep blizzarding all all up until the night. Uh-huh. And so then I went over in the tractor and thinking, I wasn't really sure what I was going to do, but, but then you called me back to the house, blah, 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 long story short. By the time I got to the highway, it stopped snowing so you could see, and a snowplow had come up through. And of course he drives up from the South and there's this line of crazy people following him on the closed highway. Uh-huh. And so then there's this huge line of cars backed up where he's, cause he gets to the point where there's. You know, there's actually three semi trucks in, you know, two different lanes of the highway and a truck. One of the semis is actually touching a pickup that has slid into it. And then there's another pickup behind that that's facing crossways across the shoulder. I mean, the highway is completely blocked. Oh, and it took so long to get over there because I had to change to my Puma tractor because the 8100 windshield wiper didn't work. And I was like, well, I'm not heading over there. Well, that turned out to be a good thing because the 8100 had the fertilizer tanks on it, which makes it about a little under 20 feet wide. And so like to get around this big mass of cars, I had to use, go into the, (laughs) actually I had to drive through the big drift that the snowplow had made and then drive over completely on the shoulder and just squeeze through past this pickup. And I couldn't have done it in the 8100. Uh So it was actually pretty good that I had the Puma, but. And so then I spent, I don't know how long, pulling out cars and semi-trucks. and Yeah, three, four hours maybe. It was crazy. Well, I heard a story from kids at school that there's that, that minivan that was smoking or something and needed a radiator. I don't remember what oh, you said. Oh, yeah, I saw, yeah. So the family got a ride somewhere or something and they came back the next day to get the minivan and it was gone. What? So that's the end of the story that I heard. So we don't know if it got towed somewhere or if somebody took the minivan. But yeah, because... That's just the mystery of the minivan that we d- we don't actually know. How did the kids know about the minivan? Um, I'm not sure. Yeah. I remember. I don't remember which truck I was working on, but I looked up there and there's... Oh, he just lost coolant. You know, it's just a huge cloud of steam coming out of his van. And I called Boyd to go have Boyd go help him. And Boyd just sort of towed him off into the snow... And then Boyd was going to find him a ride to Liberal or something. But yeah. So that's too bad. I don't know the rest of the story, but it's kind of an interesting thing. I'm sure they did. Probably somebody nice took it and fixed it and then brought it back. But the, one of the problems was I couldn't take a lot of good pictures because you felt like probably these guys in the semi trucks with the company name on them and all that probably would frown on you taking pictures of them being incredibly stupid. Yes. So, I'm glad you didn't take pictures of yeah. them. That doesn't seem very kind. Yeah. But you know. So we had a big blizzard with like 16 inches of snow, well, maybe? Well, the thing is, yeah, I mean, 15 inches maybe, but that's the accumulation. Right. But the snow, like from, from, when did it start? Friday night or Saturday morning? Did it actually start snowing? I'm not sure. Saturday morning anyway. Uh-huh. 
all through Sunday, it was above freezing the whole time. Right. So that snow was melting the entire time. So the fact that we got up to 15 inches of accumulation, I mean, I think we had to have gotten 20 inches at right. least. Yeah. Overall. If it had been two and degrees was, colder, I have no idea how much snow yeah. we had. I mean, this is, I mean, so it's crazy because not only is it, you know, because I said before on this podcast that, you know, it could snow on May the 1st. It's done it before. And, and so we had I was a, thinking like two inches like we got <laughs> a few years ago, but not 20. Right. Snow day in May, then on Monday, yeah. which I was really hoping for because I've never had a snow day in May before. Yeah. Um, it was, well, and a guy, like on my Instagram account, I had the picture of the wheat completely covered with the snow. Uh-huh. And this guy from Australia commented how often does this kind of thing happen? And it's, it, it doesn't happen. <laughs> and so then, oh, and then, and then everybody's like, oh, well, the whole Western third of the wheat in Kansas is gone because people like to be melodramatic. And right. so then I'm all, you know. So then you wrote your. Annoyed by that. And I, yeah, I got up early the next morning and wrote this blog post and then, you know. Then they had the wheat tour, which always makes me mad anyway. And so it just sort of was doubly mad because they kept saying things like this wheat's going to stand back up, which I mean, if the wheat's leaning over, yeah, it can stand back up. But if the stem has been kinked, the wheat is not going to stand back up. It's not. But also that doesn't mean that it's not going to make wheat. The two things don't have anything to do with it. I mean, I've seen lots of kinked stems make pretty good wheat. So so then you wrote the only positive thing on the internet about the wheat. That's very interesting. It seemed like the only thing. I don't... Uh, there were some other things that sort of hinted like it might not be disaster, but they all sort of hinted it. Uh-huh. But there are places where, I mean, the wheat is gone. I mean, like southwest of here, I mean, it's bad, but we came out fine and... I still haven't really done a thorough look at the wheat, although a lot of people have been. But the thing about stem damage or freeze damage is that what it's either going to kill the head of the wheat or it's not. And you can't know that for like 10 days, mm-hmm. whether that's happened or not. So I still haven't gone out and done actual head counts, but I figure on Wednesday, I don't know how I'll find time to do it unless it's raining, which they're forecasting. I'll go out and actually pull some plants and do some actual calculations of what the loss was but also that also has nothing to do because here's the thing every what drives me crazy about the wheat tour is they don't go look at the wheat and be like this is good wheat this is bad wheat this is so so wheat they go out and they calculate a yield i'm gonna ask you betsy okay it's multiple choice question okay okay is it possible to calculate the yield of wheat prior to grain fill and your choices are a no. B, no. C, no. Or D, no. No. That's right. They all of the above. There's there's just no way. I mean, wheat has such a capacity because like, you know, you see the little wheat head and like you say, you can count how many grains there are, right? Uh-huh. Well, it can make up to like three grains in each one of those things. It doesn't always do it, mm-hmm. but it can. And it will if half the tillers are dead and it still has all this leaf material and it has good water and it has not too hot a weather, it can fill up those three. So the thing is, it's possible to lose two thirds of your tillers 
and under the right conditions, not lose a whole lot of yield. And back in, um, I don't remember what year it was, we had a bad freeze. And I went out and did, you know, tiller counts and everything to see how much died. And that we had some Denali wheat over there, and it was by far the worst hit by the freeze, by far. And this wheat was laying over. It was yellow. It smelled like silage. And every single primary, primary tiller of those plants was dead. Every single one that I found. And that field outyielded everything else we had that year by 35 bushels to the acre. Hmm. Because the wheat reacted in the right way. Right. And so down the road, we had an, a different variety. I don't remember what variety that was. But it didn't get hurt near as bad. I mean, I did the stand, I did the counts and everything, and it wasn't hurt near as bad. But it just sort of, it never, you know, it just never decided to really come back strong. Yeah, it's like the way some people react to adversity. So that's why we need to teach our children to be like the Denali and be really resilient and yeah. react in the and right not way. not like the lazy wheat. And not like the wheat that just, you know, kicks itself when it's down and lays yeah. there. That's very interesting. Yeah, well, I never so so. It's just one of those things that drives me crazy because they're out there saying this wheat's going to yield that, and it's like that wheat could yield ten and it could yield eighty, and neither one of those would surprise me because I've seen it happen. I've seen worse wheat do better, and I've seen better looking wheat do worse. Well, I'm glad that it inspired your informative and interesting and positive blog post. But other than that, is there a reason for you to know what the wheat tour says if it makes you so grouchy? You know. This year was actually good because, so all the trees, like, there's a reason why trees lose their leaves in the winter. I had no idea, but it's because if there's a bunch of leaves on there, then the snow collects on them and then all the branches break off of the trees. And so, like, I went in and cleaned up at Linda's house and I went and cleaned up at your dad's house and I went out and cleaned up at Gillespie. So I was spent all day chainsawing while they were doing the wheat tours and doing other stuff. So I couldn't sit around and be annoyed by okay. all their yield predictions that are completely, we have no idea. Tell me what the weather's going to be the first two weeks of June. Okay. Kind of thing. Sorry. Okay. So that was the week before. Right. So what, what, and then, okay. Now? You posted a picture of a piece of corn that looked like it had a little sprout in it. Yeah, I did. And not being our super fan, I didn't know what that meant. Well, so that corn had been in the ground when I posted the picture for 10 days. Right. And um, I'm sure you know what corn looks like after it's been in the ground for 10 days, but it's a lot different than that picture. Yeah, what should it look like? Well, in most cases, it should have a, like one or two leaves out above the ground. Okay. In most cases. Uh-huh. Or it should at least have, you know, a good inch, two inches of growth. You would think uh-huh. like worst case, you would think maybe an inch of growth if it was really cold, rather cold soils. But that corn looked like it had grown for three days and then got 20 inches of snow on, you know, and all that snow melts. And uh-huh. so that water is running down into that corn at 32 degrees, which is a little colder than that little corn seed wants to grow at. So is that corn going to keep sprouting or is it done? That's I the big question. I do not know. Okay. And it, if it does sprout, will all of them keep sprouting or half of them keeps? I mean, I feel like they're going to have to replant that. But I don't know if they're set up to replant the plots or I don't know how that works. Because also there's insurance involved mm-hmm. where they'll pay half of your replant cost. But do they pay me anything if I didn't 
if I'm not paying for the replant, will they come in and replant the plot if that's the case, or will they just abandon the plot? If they abandon the plot, do I still get paid something for the plot? I hmm. I don't know. It's a brave new world. Okay. So yeah, I the corn was that was out of the ground, I think will be all right because it had grown enough. Because you can get up to like V five, which the V refers to how many uh leaves there are above the ground. So V five would be five leaves. So V five, V six is about where the corn growing point comes above ground. So like you can get a hard freeze at V four, V five, or even a or a hard hailstorm and completely destroy every green inch of that corn. And all the research points to that it doesn't hurt it and it just might make it better because it sort of comes on stronger. And so like the corn that was out of the ground, I don't think it'll it'll be a problem because you kill off the top growth, but you'll be fine. But the corn that's sprouting, that's the most sensitive time as we discussed earlier. So having that much cold for that long, it doesn't seem good to me. Okay. But we'll see. Yeah. Interesting anyway. So anyway, so now we should talk about the animals because I spent this week building calf Shangri-La. Right. Which is not at all done and hopefully will get done before the calf weighs 1,100 pounds because that fence, while it will hold in a 70-pound calf, in, in, in no way would even slow down an 1,100-pound steer. So, okay, so you just need to put in more poles? More posts, yeah. And I understand, in theory, why the fence is not strong enough to hold in a steer. But I also don't understand, like, is the steer running at the fence? I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Why is it doing that? It wanted to go out for a jog. And so they just do that? I don't. Or even if it walked into it, it would, t- I mean, 1,100 pounds a lot of weight. Yes. Okay. If you put an 1,100 pound steer in the pin, like it currently is, it would be out within like two minutes. Okay. Because it's just going to bump into the fence just and to the, see what happens and what happens is. The fence falls over. Okay. Okay. But we have a nice little calf, Ferdinand St. Francis. Yeah. And he's very sweet and. I hope he makes it. Yeah. Got a little bit of scours and he's been through a lot in his little life. Right. Having Born gone through. During the blizzard, I think. Yeah. I mean, because before, so like the week before the blizzard, Marissa was like, I don't know that we're going to have a calf for you because things have gone so well. And then like, like two days before she's like, oh, I think we're going to have three calves and it can come pick between these three calves. By the time Ann and I got over there to pick out calves, there were 15 calves to choose from. Oh, my goodness. So, and and she was really worried because she's like, I, I hope, I hope that, I hope nothing happens to the calf because they've all been through a lot. Yeah. Poor babies. But he went, the first day he was here, I took the boys out into the pen and he got up and ran around and jumped and it was very cute and happy. Yeah. So I hope he makes it. I think he's going to be all right. He's still getting up. I mean, he's a little, it's funny because I looked up calf scours because I'd never, I don't, I've never had a bovine of any sort before. And I looked it up and one of the symptoms listed was depression. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know that he's quite depressed, but he does seem a little less chipper. Than yeah. he did before, but he he still got up and ate, and he still followed Anna around. And okay, yesterday he, you know, after I fed him yesterday evening, he kicked and ran, and as well because yesterday evening I was able to open up the big pin uh-huh. that I had built for him, 
and he very much he ran back and forth. Oh, good at top speed. And okay. So I mean, this is the first day where he's been all seemed. To, I mean, well, he's had the scours since we got him. Um, but it's the first day that I felt like his temperament was a little bit off. But hopefully, you know, we'll okay. sort of give a higher water to milk powder ratio and get him, make sure he stays hydrated. And I'm going to go get a different feed yeah. or a different milk powder in the morning that's medicated. So I don't know. It's all, I just, I love it. I never thought I would love it. But when I got home tonight, I felt like I really needed to go. And I was pulling in, I stopped and looked at all the pigs. And then when I got here, I really wanted to go out and check on the calf. So, so how did Ferdinand St. Francis get his name? Uh, Ferdinand from Ferdinand the Bull. And who named? That was Anna. Right. And then Jimmy thought that it should be named St. Francis because St. Francis loved animals. Yeah. So, so I thought it was very sweet of Anna to let Jimmy tack on St. Francis to the name uh-huh. of the calf. Yes. She is a very sweet sister. Because he insisted that the calf be called St. Francis. (laughs) Did all those kids enjoy going to pick out the calf? Oh my goodness. I didn't get to go for any of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They had a great time and they would have stayed for several hours because there were lots of calves. That's fun. Um, So is that our farm update? Well, yeah, I guess the update is I still haven't planted any corn. Um, It's supposed to get windy tomorrow afternoon, which means that I'll have to stop spraying if, I'm even spraying yet because before I could spray, I got to take, cause I had put the loader back on the tractor so I could clear snow. And so I got to take the loader off and hook the sprayer back up and then bring the tractor over and then find somebody to give me a ride back home so I can get the spray trailer. So I can go pick up my chemical, which I never picked up. So I can go over and do that. And then by the time I get everything over there, the wind's supposed to be blowing at 30 mile an hour. So I might just come back and hook up the planter and maybe it will work and I'll start planting corn tomorrow. Or maybe I won't, and it will rain again on Tuesday afternoon like they're forecasting. Because they're up to forecasting like an inch now next week, you know, in two different events. Yeah. So, And we do also have a band concert tomorrow night. I don't know if you are uh, able to attend that or not. It's at 6 o'clock. Um, how much do you think Anna wants me to go to that? I mean, I think if you ask her, she will say, don't worry about it, but... Your little heart. My dad never went to any of my band concerts. Yeah. And look at me. (laughs) (laughs) I think you turned out okay. I mean, she will definitely understand if you can't, but I think maybe it would be a good idea to say something to her. Like, I'm really sorry Uh, that I can't. I'm leaning towards no, because it is May the 7th. Tomorrow is going to be May the 8th. I generally would have liked to start planting my soybeans by now. Also, I saw on Instagram today that the guy in North Dakota, they're planting soybeans. <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness. So my guess is the answer is going to be no. Yeah. So just tell her that you're sorry that you can't make it, but you're a little behind because of the cradle. weather. Yep. Maybe she could play all of her parts, just the clarinet part for you. Yeah. There you go. So then on to family. So this weekend I went to Manhattan, and I just took Harry with me, and that was really different, just to have one baby with me. It was really fun to see Abby, yeah. and um, I, I just, the kids had a really good time with Mark and Jenny, it seems like, and I always have a really hard time asking for help. I feel like I'm supposed to have the kids with me all the time and do everything all by myself, but I'm really glad that I asked for help and did this. 
And I was almost thinking, you should ask for help more. And, you know, but even just thinking that, I think, no. <laughs> you should really just have the kids with you. Because <laughs> they're, they're going to get bigger really fast. And, you know, everybody has a busy life. And you need to just... So, I don't know that I actually... I was, I was thinking for a minute that I had really learned something from this good, this great weekend, but no, but I, I think maybe I didn't. Yeah. Oh, well. But it was really, really nice to spend the weekend with Abby and Harry. I liked it a lot. And my super strategy of leaving the house messy so that I knew it would be messy when I came home, I feel like was super successful. I had so many plans about cleaning up the house before you got home. Well, I appreciate I mean, that. So many. Yeah. That just didn't happen. I feel, that makes me feel really good that you had plans. And I was also thinking when you sent the picture of Teddy with spaghetti all over his face. Well, first I thought, that's an old picture. Maybe he just sent me an old picture. And then I thought that if I were given the choice of feeding the children a tasty meal or not making a mess, I would always choose not making a mess. <laughs> And maybe that's maybe that's not a good choice. And this is why it's good that they also have you for a parent who will cook them a meal, even if it's messy. So did you guys have a good afternoon together? Did you have a family meeting without me? No, there was no family meeting. Um, so because I played the orchestra concert in Liberal today and I went to the rehearsal yesterday, which I wasn't planning on doing. But then I was like, I was so hot and exhausted because it was hot and building fence out in the sun all day Friday and then Saturday morning that I was like, I'm just going to this rehearsal just so I can be in air conditioning for an hour. And turns out that I had written on my calendar that the Saturday rehearsal was at uh, two o'clock and the Sunday concert was at two thirty. And it turns out that the Saturday rehearsal was at two thirty and the Sunday concert was at two. So it was a very good thing I went to the Saturday because that would have been very bad. And so then I picked them up in Liberal, met Mark and Jenny at the park, and picked them up, and we drove home, and they went out to say hey to Ferdinand, and I just started cooking supper, because that's what needed to happen, I guess. Yeah. And I cooked a very messy supper, because that's cause we're still playing grocery store chicken, to some extent. Yes, we are, to some extent. Meaning that? We have partial ingredients to most things we make, but not all the ingredients to anything we make other than spaghetti. Okay. Well, there you go. So I made Good spaghetti, job making spaghetti. We ate spaghetti and I went out and fed Ferdinand and he did stand up because Anna came in and said she was really worried about Ferdinand, uh -huh. which sort of bothered me because she said, well, he didn't stand up. And I'm like, well, he is also kind of lazy sometimes, even when he was in a good mood. So I went out there and he stood up for me. Okay. And then she went out and he followed around like normal and ate his food down. And so okay. that's good. Okay. And then, um, yeah, put them all in, put Teddy and Jimmy in a bath and Katie took a bath and we read stories. I'm listening to, to I listened to the Westing game on the way there, um, which I enjoyed. And then I'm listening to just the beginning of. Anna and the Swallow Man on the way back. And there was a line in Anna and the Swallow Man that said that, that people approach sleep in two different ways, either as a luxury or as an, like an, an interruption, I think. And 
I just thought that was such an insightful line because Katie definitely views sleep as an interruption. And I just thought that that really described like the difference between Anna and Katie really well. Someone who loves sleep and someone who fights it. And we had Katie's picnic, kindergarten picnic on Friday. And as is always the case in any social interaction, I feel like Katie's excitement and enthusiasm for social events overwhelms me. She just gets so excited. Right. Did you hear the, she's made up names for all of Anna's friends? Yes. (laughs) It's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. She is, she is a great girl. But I also felt like maybe um, going to school might mellow out some of her, her super exuberance, but it has not. She's still really loud Uh all the time. Yes. And I wonder, is she like this every day, all day at kindergarten? <laughs> my guess is yes. That's my guess too. So. So that's, she has some sort of future, which, which will utilize that excessive exuberance. Abby asked, what's she going to do when she's supposed to be a teenager that's like not into stuff? Yeah. <laughs> How is she going to feign indifference? Because she has no indifference. She is all in. Well, like when she made her little, her mad poster and she drew the sad face and a happy face and circled the sad face. And then she wrote mad and happy on the paper and circled mad and then had her big frown on her face. And I mean, you could tell how happy she was and proud of this poster. And she just kept not being able to hold that frown, but she'd keep fighting it because it made her so happy too. Make her mad sign. Yeah. Yep. Um, Jimmy's been working a lot with Grandma on writing his letters. And he drew a few pictures this week. And Teddy loves going to Grandma's school. He's hit the age when he complains when I leave the door in the morning. So I'm glad that he's enjoying that. It's important that you tell him that we're going to Grandma's school and not to Grandma's house. Right. Grandma's school. he, He got very angry with me when I said we were going to Grandma's house. Until I remembered. I was like, oh, we're going to grandma's school. And he's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and I loved it he, that he learned um, the words Garden City this weekend. There you go. Because when he got out of his bed to talk to me, he kept telling me Garden City. Because Mark City. and Jenny said Garden City and we right. never say Garden City. No, we just say we're going to town. That's in town. This is town grass. So I probably never said <laughs> Garden town City. town grass. Yeah. <laughs> Like if they want to walk to the car, to the house or something, then they're afraid to walk on the grass <laughs> because country grass has stickers. And so before they step on any grass, they'll ask me, is this town grass? And if it is, then they'll walk on it barefoot, but otherwise, no. Good lesson to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I say that's the family update. All right. Do you have anything for faith? Father Reggie's retiring. I know. How many years was he here? Three? Three and a half? Three and a half. Yeah. We've really had a lot of priests in the last 10 years. Yep. But I'm really glad that we got to have him for three and a half years. It's been nice. Yep. And I'm glad that, you know, nothing will really change. Some things will change. Right, but the mass will be the same. And and it'll be really interesting. I wonder who we'll get. (sighs) Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it won't be one of the new priests, I don't think, because... 
Like, don't they have to go somewhere with a with a boss? I priest? feel like doesn't the bishop still owe us someone that's going to stay here for a while? Because that's what Father Reggie was supposed to be. <laughs> no, I don't. I mean, no, I don't think we're owed anything. Yeah, well, I, I didn't mean owed, but but I, the the statistics that were in the register that we have fifteen full time priests from our diocese and sixteen full time missionary priests. That wow. was that was a little stark. But so I'm going to go on record saying that we are going to have 50 priests from our diocese in our lifetime. In our lifetime. Mm-hmm. Boom. Heard it, it here first. That's right. 50? 50. Cuz we don't have 50 total now. No. We're going to have we're going to have enough to have all the priests that we need. Oh my goodness. And send some place someplace else. It is happening. Isn't it exciting? <laughs> I'm excited. Wow. I feel like you're not. I'm excited in here. So, yeah, I will miss Father Reggie. He has been, I don't know, just such a positive, gentle presence, I think. Yeah, well, I mean, I, he he's who confirmed me and... Taught Anna how to be a server. And yeah. Taught Anna how to be a server. and Baptized two of our babies. Yep. The only priest to have baptized more than one of our babies. Yep. Yeah, I'm sad to see him go, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad he's able to, you know, that stroke could have been a lot worse. Right. We're very blessed that we've had him for this much longer. I mean, you know. Yeah, and I think it's and nice. And he has a nice place to go to and yeah. people to take care of him. And, and that he gets the chance to... Go out on his own terms. Right. That's always nice. Say goodbye. Right. Stuff. So that's good. But it was the Good Shepherd Sunday this week. So the reading's all about the Good Shepherd and the Gatekeeper and the Sheepfold. And if that if that gospel reading had been another sentence or two longer, I don't know that he would have made it. Yeah. But I mean it was just one of those you could see he was he was doing so good and then he got to the last sentence and just Oh, but he got it out. Yeah. So my other faith thought was, I've been trying really hard the past, I don't know how many years, at least two, to figure out... Ten. Like what? Fifteen. Three. So Bible guy. There's the verse, the verse with the, with the plank and the splinter. Uh-huh. What is that? Uh-huh. Okay. You know, don't be concerned about the splinter, taking the splinter out of your neighbor's eye, but... First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you'll actually be able to see to take the splinter out of your neighbor's eye. Right. So I've been sort of preoccupied for maybe forever. I don't know about figuring out what my plank is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd say at least five years. (laughs) I'd say, I'm going to say 10 years. (laughs) Okay. I've heard this. What's my plank? (laughs) What is my plank? I wonder what it is. And do you think you found it? Well, I thought that I had. And it's one of those questions. What's my plank that I'm not going to answer that? But why not? I really want to know. This is the same as the garden. It's like you are always I don't know what it is. think I'm going to be offended about things that I am not. Um, anyway, I thought I, I really, I was like, what it is, is that I am too self-centered. I'm just Isn't really. everybody's plank? Really self-centered, and I don't. That's a cheater plank. Everybody notice has that plank. what's going on around me, and I don't notice what other people are are suffering through and everything. Um, but then when I was hanging out with Abby this weekend, and I just had one child with me, 
I felt like that wasn't so bad. So I think it may be that I'm really distracted by all the children. And that's why I feel like I'm not noticing anything that's happening. Oh, it's because there's all these children. Right. Like it's just a season of paying attention to all these people. (sighs) So you didn't find your So I didn't actually. I mean, of course, there's always pride and selfishness, but... I don't, I don't feel, I felt like for a few minutes, like that is your plan. I was like, this is what it is. And I'm too, I'm not focused on other people enough, but it's just the people that I'm focused on. You can make an argument that that's my plank. <sighs> well, but we're not talking about your plank. It's <laughs> <laughs> the worst part of doing that, that podcast with the guys is that I have to listen to it. <laughs> and it's just like, I don't listen to anything that people say ever. And I'm just constantly interrupting and talking over people, and it's horrible. Yeah. It's it's a good way for you to appreciate your good friends. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I mean, I feel like they should all be... I mean, I feel like they all are mad at me, and, and I also feel like they should be. Like, why do you people hang out with me? <laughs> have you listened to our conversation? I mean, because I have, because I'm editing them, and... I, <laughs> Why am I? I don't understand why you guys are friends, but why am I here? You're helping them to grow in holiness. (laughs) That's my gift. (laughs) So do you have any faith thoughts other than Father Reggie's leaving? Father Reggie's leaving. um, We still don't know my plank. It's nice because I feel like we're going to get a new pastor and there's not going to be, you know, a crazy turnover in parishioners at the church. Yeah. The year after the new pastor comes, two years after, three years, it's still going to mostly be the same people. Yeah. And that's, that's nice. Yeah. I wonder where I'll be from. <sighs> yeah. I feel terrible, but I feel like it's been so nice having a priest whose first language is English. I feel guilty thinking that, that it's like, I hope the next priest also has English as a first language because that was nice, but I don't, the odds seem against that. Yeah, I would agree. I think that we definitely but, will I have mean, a missionary priest. It is so much fun to have the missionary priest. Yes, because that's what like I love. Because like Father Joe and, and, and um, what was his name from Ghana? Father Kwame? Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think he was ever at. Yeah, I don't remember. But our Father Kwame is cool too. Was it was it him or was it someone? Anyway, I just remember the last Sunday he preached before he went back to Africa. And he was just like, I mean, you know, paraphrase. Here's a list of everything that's wrong with you Americans. <laughs> <laughs> and he just laid it out. And it was like, that is so awesome. I do love that. The different perspective. And I think it's really good for us. Yeah. It's just hard to understand. Yes. What saying. Yeah. And it takes you like a few months before you really can yeah. get through the accent. But as, you know, as busy as we are during church, how often do you actually hear the homily? Well, I'm just always standing out with Teddy, so. Oh. And I just, you just go and you stand right under the speaker uh-huh. in the hallway and you can hear pretty good. Okay. No matter how loud Teddy is. Well, so then you won't, maybe you'll get adjusted to the accent quickly. Yeah. Or maybe we won't have a missionary priest, but. There are more of them than we have priests from the diocese, so. Right. Well, I was really hoping that Deacon Jacob would come and help Father Reggie. Right. Because I was like, well, maybe Father Reggie will stick around, and then he'll send in the new priest to help him out, and then it'll be good for both priests, and that'll be great. 
but that's not going to happen. So. Yeah. What about um, what made you happy this week? <sighs> what made me? I mean, <clears throat> the fact that it can snow 20 inches on the 30th April kind of like it made me feel a lot better about farming because crazy, insane things can still happen. So as much as everybody preaches the doom and gloom, we have no idea what's around the next corner. Yes. So there's there's the glimmer of, there is a glimmer of hope for a worldwide agricultural disaster. <laughs> All right. That's a... Which is always <laughs> what you're rooting for as a farmer. Okay, well, I'm glad to hear. I want all of the wheat in the world to die <laughs> except for mine. And also, like, like I feel like maybe all the wheat in Colorado is dead because I have all this seed wheat. And I don't know how I'm ever going to get rid of it. And maybe I'll be able to get rid of it. So I feel that. that we, we, like, sell it. What? How are we going to sell it? What rather than get rid of it. Well, get rid of it at a profit rather than at a loss. Yes. I was just... Sounds more positive. Like we're not trying to unload illegal guns or something. Well, we are trying to unload fifty-eight pound test weight seed wheat. So yeah, uh, it's pretty close. <laughs> You're such How's a your seed quality? Well, don't don't. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. It's good stuff. You'll like it. You'll love it. You'll love it. I guarantee it. So I think what made me happy this week was. Uh, I'll hang out with Abby was really, really nice. Also, I enjoyed reading the picture book Trombone Shorty and then getting the CD and listening to it. I finally was able to listen because I kept coming in like in the middle of the album. Uh -huh. So I was finally able this morning because I went to church last night and I did some Photoshop this morning. I was finally able to listen to that whole album. That is a really good album. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So that was, I think that's what made me happy. Other than visiting Abby, was that reading a picture book and buying a CD because of it and having the music be really good and really fun. I still haven't looked at the picture book, though. Oh, I think I still have it checked out. So you'll have to read it. I'll probably get a overdue notice for it. Yeah, probably so. Because you just said, I still have it checked out. Yeah, I think that actually... But I feel like you're checking books out under your children's name, and I don't know how ethical that is. <laughs> I think I may have actually checked this one out to myself. I also thought it was funny that I got the email about the overdue book during the snowstorm. They go out the... automatically. I know, but I just, it always makes me laugh. Okay. That's the end then. That's, we've done everything. No, oh no, we, we have feedback. We did. That's we also an feedback. F. That's five for this episode. But as I explained to Betsy, we are not going to get into the habit of reading feedback word for word because I've heard this destroy podcast where... It's just all feedback. Right. And since, I mean, Clearly. we're still at, I got another email again this week and it still said zero, zero, zero. <laughs> so we're still right at 3 billion downloads. Right. So we don't want to inundate you right. with, with 3 with billion praise of ourselves. instances of but feedback. But thank you so much, Brenda, for the kind words about our podcast. We really appreciate it. And I was going to say that it was the first feedback from somebody that we weren't related to, but... I kind of feel like she is a bonus mom, so... She's totally a bonus mom. I don't think she counts as somebody I, we're yeah, not related I to. Yeah, I don't either. Um, but also, kind of a little, uh, you know, people are listening, kind of, maybe, yeah, maybe we'll just stop doing it now. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, just remember the zero downloads. Yeah, well, that's I might just leave that setting on there forever. So I just get the email every week that says zero people are listening. And then I can relax and do the podcast. Yeah, I think that that's good. It makes good sense. But people send feedback and then it's like, oh, people really are listening. I was I was going off the zero number. So I don't know. Well, I mean, you could just run into a web page incidentally and type in a random sentence. It doesn't mean that you actually listen to the podcast. Okay. okay. Well, that's good to know. It could be it monkeys. Me feel better. <laughs> Brenda, your account has been hacked. Your computer has been hacked. Alert. <laughs> how many monkeys typing on how many? That's, that's one of those things. If monkeys typing on typewriters could write war and peace or something. No? That's not true. All right, probably time for that. Um, we did all the Fs and everything. So that does it for another episode of Our Lady of the Cry Room podcast. Uh, Jimmy will be with you shortly to share how you too can see, send feedback about whatever you want to, I guess. How to turn a positive into a negative. Or oh, yeah. if you know what my plank is. I'm interested. You could send me your <laughs> yield estimates for various wheat fields so that I can just be more annoyed all the time. If you've recently read a picture book associated with a musical CD, you'd like to recommend it to me? Yeah, I that. Um, I can't think of any other reason why people, I mean, why would anyone send this feedback in the first place? I don't know, but they have. Right. Okay. So, that's it. Have a good week, y'all. Have a good week. Feedback at ourwayofthecryroom.com. Okay, now try to say it again, but don't yell so much. Feedback at ourwayofthecryroom.com. That's right. You can send us your feedback to feedback at ourladyofthecryroom.com. Thank you, Jimmy. You're welcome. Our Lady of the Cry Room, pray for us. Bye.